Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. to the Man on the Post weekend review. Nine Premier League games to get through this weekend as two of the shitter teams have decided to burn on Monday so we'd have to suffer through those. Uh, joining me this week, it's Dave. Hello, hello. And I'm Chris. How are you, Dave? Doing all right? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. I didn't realise that tonight's Monday Night Football, which kicks off just after we started re- recording, is actually the two worst teams in the league, form-wise. Is it really? Well, yeah, yeah, the, the sky we're going on about earlier on. I think they're like 19th and 20th in, if you take like the last seven games form table. Uh, I didn't realise West Ham were doing quite as badly as Arsenal. Well, Sky, sky certainly can pick them, can't they? Oh, yeah, so yeah, there's a nil-nil if I ever saw one. <laughs> or a five-all, probably now. Uh, well, maybe. We'll maybe, see. Maybe. I'm, I'm thinking 5-0 West Ham myself, personally. Uh, while we're here, though, we'll talk about Saturday's games. Uh, not Nothing of really great excitement. I, I, I thought when I first sat down to do my notes and then realised that it was actually quite a decent weekend. Uh, it started <laughs> off with Big Duncan taking charge of Everton uh, for the first time against Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, who have been better away from home than they have at home this season, uh, promptly lost 3-1 to Everton. Did you see this one coming? Uh I didn't, but I think as soon as you put a different manager in charge, you, you know, the, any sort of predictions kind of go up in the air because, you know, as we've seen many times in the past, a new manager comes in and all of a sudden players remember how to run, how to tackle, etc., oh, etc. Don't, don't let the Watford uh, board hear you say that. <sighs> yeah, but, you know, there's always that little asterisk, which is if you've appointed Nigel Pearson, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll probably come on to that later. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I, for all I was still expecting Chelsea to win, um, I couldn't say I was that surprised that, that Everton turned it on. Because let's face it, the, the, actually, whoever gets the Everton job has got a very easy job on their hands because mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to go down. I say it was exactly the same team. Very few changes were made. No, and that's the thing. Uh, and you know, I quite enjoy seeing a manager who's got his uh, emotions on his sleeve. I think mm-hmm. that's that's a good thing. I'm never going to get upset at that. I did legitimately think Duncan Ferguson had picked up Bernard to celebrate with, but it turned, oh, wow. it turned out it was a ball boy. <laughs> it was his second ball boy at that point as well. Was it? Yeah, because he, 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 he celebrated with the, with another ball boy for the second goal, I think it was. Well, there's enough of them to go around, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, so it seems to be a trend at, at the moment. Just, you know, well, was it... It was the the third goal, I think, where where the um, the ball boy jumped into his arms. Yes, that's what. I, that... <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, well, you know, it's a new thing. Uh, but yeah, um, a lot of Everton fans claiming that they want Big Dunk to take the job full time. He's not going to though. I think even he has said that he's not interested. He just said he'd be there for as long as they need him, which I guess he's probably been told that we will appoint someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I guess the question is, uh, if he wins the next three, four, five games, 
what happens then? I mean, sure, there must be an argument for him to have it until at least the end of the season. Um, but like I said, Everton aren't going to go down. I know they haven't had the best of times, but when push comes to shove, that squad's not a bottom three squad. Yeah. Um, so whoever takes over, I mean, what they won that game on Saturday, they went to about 13th, 14th, something like that. So it just shows you, for all, obviously the silver hadn't really got it going. It was never a lost cause. And whoever comes in, we'll keep them up and they'll look great. But Everton's next managerial appointment's always, you know, is what's going to make or break them. The, the, the thing with the with the Everton job, so obviously the fans have never got behind Silver whatsoever, so obviously that didn't help. And and it, and it, it looks from, from what's happened this weekend that the, the players obviously weren't on board with his ideas as well. Um, so, with... Obviously, the fans are all behind Duncan Ferguson, you know, and it, it, it is clear he's not really unless, unless yeah, unless they, as you say, they go and win five, six games in a row, and then you know force the issue. But they're not planning on on giving him the job. Um, you know, I think the latest is that Unai Emery has been has been approached today. I, to be fair, I'd love him to go into Everton and, and turn him around. Um, the thing that I like, like, like about this story is that he also said that he's gonna uh, he wants to learn better English before he. Um... Before he takes another job in the, in the yeah. Premier League, I can just imagine him sitting down and they're like, "Right, so this week we're going to do English greetings." So when when it's like an evening time and you say hello to someone, you say, "Good evening," and he'd be like, "That's a V, shit." <laughs> <laughs> the thing so is, right, if, going... if, if, he, if he's going to take time to learn English, what's the point? He's potentially going to live in Liverpool. <laughs> well, yes, uh, I suppose. <laughs> but, but so so say for example. Uh, Big Dunk doesn't get the job, which is fairly really realistic, uh, considering the, the people they've been linked to. Does the next manager instantly start with the fans not on side? I think I think obviously it depends who it is. If it's a Nigel Pearson type, then uh, I think uh, Everton fans will be rightly quite pissed off because, as I say, I think they've got probably one of the certainly a top half squad. They've got a very good squad, a very good squad, I, and I think they're entitled to feel they should be doing better than they are. Um, as usual, do you blame the manager? Do you blame the players? Mm, well, they never blame the players. Club, well, clubs never blame the players. Um, well, exactly, because you can't get rid of you know twenty players on 45, 40, 50 grand a week, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the manager can be can be bought off quite easily. Um, so yeah, that's going to be the, the predicament. Whoever comes in next has got to be deemed better than Big Dunk. Now, you know, last week that seemed like anyone in the world pretty much, but yeah, it just depends how the results go. That's the thing. You're instant on the back foot, and, and as we've seen at Everton, you know the people's club, the family club, as they call themselves. The last couple of managers, they haven't got the fans just haven't taken to them whatsoever. You know, and you know a couple of years ago, this was the club that was uh, prided itself on sticking with David Moyes, and you know, and and being patient with like the board being patient, the fans being patient, and he was able to build something to a degree with them. But it seems anyone anyone else who comes in that doesn't seem face doesn't seem to fit. They, 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 they're not interested. Now, obviously, Moyes was the one who was bandied around as being the, the next one in. Um, but Everton fans seemed less keen on that idea. Um, I do wonder if they'll end up meeting halfway and having Moyes and Ferguson as some sort of team to the end of the season, maybe. Maybe it makes sense. Get some experience in with Moyes and obviously Ferguson, who's the fans' favourite. But it's. I mean, I don't think Moyes should be anywhere near that job, to be honest. I was really surprised he got another Premier League job after what he did at Sunderland, to be quite honest. But uh, he did well at West Ham. But 
no one seems that keen to give him a try. I, mean, I would have thought a Watford would have been far better appointing David Moyes than they would Nigel Pearson. Yeah, I didn't. Ex- I didn't see Pearson coming anywhere. To be fair, he shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a football club, in my opinion. <laughs> well, hopefully he never manages either our teams. Although he has already managed my team, so yeah. The way we're going, he probably could end up managing. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but Everton really did turn it on for this. Um, Sidibe, again, another great cross into the box. And I've got to ask, right, I'm sure I meant to ask this a couple of weeks ago, Richarlison, right? He's not the tallest fella, is he? I didn't think so, but he gets a fair... Yeah, yeah, he's banging all these headers in. It helps when you're totally unmarked. I mean, (laughs) you can can be Warwick Davis and score headers when you're not marked. Like, I mean, that's... He does seem to get a good jump on. Uh, He does. I mean, obviously some players have just got that natural ability to to get off the ground, haven't they? But uh, if you don't if you don't mark him, he's very good at, at finding space in the box. Yeah, uh, he wouldn't be my choice of player to have a, a, on the end of a, a cross like. Uh, I'm using Football Manager here to see if I can see how tall he is, because they have all this nonsense in there, don't they? He is. Where is it? This is terrible radio. I can't find <laughs> it. But yeah. I mean, he must be six one or six two. I think. I don't think he doesn't either. look that tall. But then again, I always used to think that Joe Hart was really sh- short until I met him, and he's fucking humongous. I'm sure I've said that on here before, but yeah, I can't say how tall he is. But yeah, I... it's it, it's weird that you know he, he wins all these headers constantly. Uh, but Sidibe, probably apart from Trent Alexander Arnold, I think he's one of the best crossers of all I've seen in quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, think, it doesn't seem like he can defend particularly well, but that seems to be. Secondary for most fullbacks these days. I was going to say, yeah, show, show me a fullback who can at the moment. Yeah, well, just the way the game's going at the minute, isn't it? But uh, he looks a like for like for Coleman, really, yeah. in terms of what, what he offers the team. I think they've done well to get him in. Mm-hmm. Is he on loan or have they? I think he's. On, I think he's on loan. Because I thought uh, he was only on loan because he's from Monaco, isn't he? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Theo Walcott had a really good game. I, f- I know I've been taking a lot of painkillers in the last <laughs> week or so, but he genuinely had a really good game. He did. It's it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> That's it. You know, I, I know I know Big Dunk's a, a scary fella, but like, what 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 has he got on Theo Walcott? Who knows? But if he gets Theo Walcott playing, then maybe Ferguson is the man. Maybe, yeah, I, maybe. I think me and you have written Walcott <laughs> off so many times in this podcast. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Calvert Lewin scored twice, so. I mean, his second goal is one of the worst goals I've ever seen. In that, <laughs> kept a press triangle instead of X, and threw th- threw ball it out to to no one, and then Everton just basically hammered slide tackle till they went in the goal. It was it was a mess. To be fair, the the second goal wasn't much better. Like I think it was. I think both of his goals were pretty sloppy, if I remember rightly. I can't even remember the first one. I've, now. Just, I've just got sloppy defending for second written down here. Oh, that's that's a definite true. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's, get, he's getting the best out of players who haven't been up to up to speed at all. You know, or he brought back in Schneiderlin, and um, I think that was it. Schneiderlin and Walcott came back into the side. Uh, Moses Kian still didn't get a start, but obviously Calvert Lewin scored twice, and it's it worked against against a team who Chelsea have been really well set up this season. And you know, okay, they lost to West Ham a couple of weeks ago, and uh, but they are generally better away from home, so. A decent result there for him. Um, on the Chelsea side, the only thing I've really got of note from Chelsea is, is Kovacic scored an absolute cracker, uh, which was his first goal for Chelsea. Got that's first goal for Chelsea. Yeah. Well, no, it was, uh, it was a lovely finish. Mm-hmm. 
good technique, but um, it's a shame it's for nothing, really. I think the key is with Georgia Pickford, if you keep the ball low, he doesn't seem to bother going for it because he can't acrobatically throw himself up in the air. No, that's true. I mean, he does have tiny, <laughs> tiny harms. So. But he is all about the theatrics, isn't he? Like he is, every, I mean. Every, even the simplest of saves, it's like, oh, it's for the, it's for the cameras. The shots that are going like 10 yards wide and he still dives. <laughs> yeah. Just because. Just Absolute madness. Uh, do you think Everton, so even, I think, well, we've said it already, really, no matter who they appoint, they, they're going to be on an upward trend for the rest of the season, I imagine. I think so, yeah. So I, I don't really see them as a relegation candidate for they have been down there for a while, but um seemed obvious that it just wasn't working under the old manager and pretty much the same happened when, when they sacked Cooman uh, a few years ago. David Unsworth came in, steadied the ship, somehow they took all the credits. Like it's going to be a similar deal here. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking of not working under the old manager then, uh, Tottenham Hotspur uh, recovered from their midweek defeat uh, at Old Trafford uh, by promptly thumping Burnley 5-0 in... I think this was an individual contest for goal of the season <laughs> at one point. Uh, Harry Kane's opened the scoring with a cracker, to be fair. He, he's, he's looked really good. Uh, Lucas Moura then made, uh, scored a second within nine minutes uh, before Hyunmin Son decided to score the sort of goal you only usually see on the Xbox. <laughs> oh, he's, he's been some player, hasn't he? Um, he was like the Pied Piper of Burnley's defence. I mean, that's one, one thing you would have to say is that why did no one just foul him like, when they had the chance? Mm-hmm. Um, especially since Burnley who normally aren't shy in that regard but um, I mean Burnley have shipped what nine goals in a week I know they've played Spurs and Man City but people generally associate Burnley with being you know strong defensively and yeah. they kept Nick- a couple of clean sheets up until last weekend yeah exactly they've lost three in a week yeah it's um, well I'd say it's a worrying time for them but they've got us next week so I'm sure they'll bounce back um Spurs were brilliant let's get that out yeah, of the way first they, and foremost they were really really good I say Kane scored a Another decent goal for his second as well. Yeah, his finishing is probably the best in the league at the moment, um, especially with with Aguero not not around at the minute. But I think it's got the point now where if you give Kane the chance to shoot from 20 yards or less, or even more in some cases, he always hits the target. It's very rare you see him put one wide or anything like that. He always works the keeper. Um, and his record, what, what we were saying last week, it's on something like 26 and 25 in all competitions yeah, now. Yeah, something like that, yeah. He's, he's absolutely, uh, absolutely smashed, smashing them in. I mean, yes, he's played some shit in that time, but it doesn't matter, does it? It's like, everyone plays against some shit at some point. Yeah, and, and to be fair, as we've said a few times on the show, he hasn't looked like he's been performing in, in recent weeks. But then, obviously, like in this game, he looked he looked really up for it, as Tottenham have done under Jose Mourinho. And, yeah, but they were they were really, really good. Um, yeah, Burnley were terrible in defence, though. You know, Nick Pope, who, who I think you, I think you said last week as well, um, he's been fairly reliable and he's made a few clangers, but you can't really fault him for for, for any of these goals, really. His defence just let him down completely. Well, that's the problem with Burnley Harvest. I think they always play a back four. Um, the midfield don't exactly give them that much protection. They've got usually Westwood and Corgan there, who are mm, reasonable ball players, but. They're not exactly, you know, Makaleli types, are they? Mm-hmm. Um, did, drink water, did drink water play in this game? I think he he dropped a striker. I think he just went one up front. Yeah, and, because uh, Barnes is out injured, isn't he? Yeah, so um, they don't really have another way of playing, um, which is not a thing to say about Burnley, because you normally say it in, a, in an attacking sense, but they also don't really know how to 
how to flood the box and, and defend in, in huge numbers. And a team like Spurs, who have a lot of players who get between the lines, as you saw with the, with the goal from Kane, no one gets out to close him down. There's no one from midfield dropping in to, to, uh, to pick him up. And it was just easy pickings all day. Yeah, um, yes, Spurs, so apart from the, the blip against United in midweek, they've, they've been going really well. And obviously, you say Burnley, but you know, I don't think Burnley... Did Burnley score, they score against Man City in the week? Yeah, they did, they but like, it, was, it, they, yeah. it was a consolation. It was like the 87th minute or something. Yeah, <laughs> but I say, they'd had a few good results up until last weekend when they got turned over by Palace. And uh, again, failed to score this week. Miss, missing Ashley Barnes, which is a weird thing to say. Well, this is the thing I would say. We, we don't expect Burnley to win these games, but they should be getting to the point where if a team has Burnley away and you know, a Man City or a Liverpool or anything like that, you'd expect them to give them a game. Mm-hmm. And they've just played two of the top six there and been pummeled completely. Uh, on to teams having a bit of a crisis at the moment. Bournemouth uh, suffering their worst Premier League run uh, ever, basically. Uh, five defeats in a row now. Uh, lost 3-0 at home uh, to Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool again rotated their squad, making seven changes uh, from their winning the Merseyside derby in midweek, uh, including, including Naby Keita, who became Baby Keith on Liverpool social media. Ah, uh, what's this about? Why are they calling Baby Keith? So I, I kind of missed it, but from what I gather is when the Liverpool social media account uh, put the uh, the team names out uh, and and the team news out, basically, uh, auto correct kicked in and oh. Naby Keita becomes Baby Keith, apparently. Huh. And uh, yeah, he had a good game. He, he scored his first goal of the season. Uh, well, first Premier League goal of the season, I think. Uh, Bournemouth's injury problems, though, I believe they've got like 13 players out injured now. Uh, weren't really helped when uh, Nathan Ake uh, pulled his hamstring early on. Um, and yeah, Liverpool just did what they did and, and literally pulled Bournemouth apart. Yeah, this is the thing. Liverpool didn't really have to play that well. Once they got one, um, it was always going to be two or three, I think. And then Liverpool were able to take the foot off the gas ahead of... They've got a pretty big Champions League game on Tuesday night. Yeah, I didn't realise that they have to. They have to. If they lose, they they could be out. Yes, um, I mean you wouldn't expect them to lose to Salzburg when you think the team Liverpool haven't lost to recently. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you never know. Um, Bournemouth, though. Um, I mean, you know, we could talk about Liverpool all day. It's the same old every week. They win. Um, they don't have to play that well. They do it. Um, Bournemouth, though. I think. Did you watch any of Amazon Prime's coverage of the? Uh, of the Premier League last week? Not not really, no. Uh, I, saw, I saw like match of the day in the week. All ah, right, so Bournemouth won against Palace on Tuesday night, I think. Did they win? And, uh, no, Palace won. I was going to say, <coughs> I've got Bournemouth down as like, losing five games in that. Oh, yes. Oh, I, I don't yeah, they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but during that game... Oh, it, God, it was all a like, terrible game, wasn't it? Yeah, so Palace yeah. had a man sent off after yeah, 15 yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. and then still won. Um, but... Guy Mowbray and Jermaine Genius on commentary absolutely laid into Bournemouth um, because they've won seven games, I think it is, this year. Uh-huh. Bearing in mind, it's December now. Um, I mean, that's, that is relegation form. And we keep saying, you know, they've got Wilson and Ake and King's a good hand to have around. And, you know, they've got a lot of talented players, but seven wins in a year is terrible. And if Nathan Ake is out for any great length of time, um, I would put them down as a relegation candidate. I said they are they are struggling, and I say I follow a few Bournemouth fans on um, on Twitter, and yeah, I remember when now you said it about the game in midweek, literally tearing into the team, and like 
Um, obviously, David Brooks is the most creative players out injured. Uh, Solanke's starting. Uh, Eddie Howard's <laughs> talk of the, the old uh, the Everton job and stuff as a distraction to the point where he's had to come out in an interview and say he's not been distracted by it. But we've seen managers, uh, I think Marco Silva had the same thing when he was at Watford. Yeah. Funny enough, with the Everton job. The thing is, I was Eddie Howe, you'd, you'd be actually considering getting out now while you can. Um because I, I just think they're on a downward spiral, but no one really knows that much because it's Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're one of these teams who, uh, because they aren't in a relegation scrap and because they aren't expected to go in the, in the top six or seven, they just slide by the, by the wayside at the point where no one really knows you know, what's going on and you think, well, they're going to be fine, they're going to be mid-table, but their slump has been, it's not just a short-term thing now, um, and I can honestly see them, them being sucked right into that bottom three, especially okay. if Aki is out. close around there as well, isn't it? Yeah, Aki is out. I think they've got about 13 players out. Uh, Aki, arguably the best defender. Uh, you know, Steve Cook came back in and promptly got... No, was it Francis? Francis came in and got sent off. Sent Sue, off Cook, yeah. Sue Cook's uh, done his wrist. He needs. A, um, he's got an operation, I think, on his wrist coming up. Um, so that's potentially their starting centre-halves out. Yeah. Um, obviously Francis I've never really read anyway as a, as a Premier League defender but if he is in there with I think is it Mepham or Mepham from uh, from Brentford yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know I just I think Callum Wilson I've injured as well now I don't think that one's a serious but if he's out for any great length of time well that's the thing you don't have to be out for that long at the moment do you when there's a game every three days yes he, yeah, he, he, he's he, done his hamstring if he's out for two weeks he's potentially missing five or six games yeah, and I mean they've got Chelsea away at the weekend. I mean that could be a bloodbath. Yeah, you know, Tammy Abraham must be licking his lips, you know, thinking he's going to be just running at Arthur Boric or David Ramsdale, whichever one plays. Yeah. Imagine. Well, yeah, and I think the other thing as well is that Ryan Fraser has been nowhere near as good as he was last season, mm-hmm. um, and I think his contract issues are still rumbling on in the background, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. He only played this weekend, didn't he, because uh, Wilson was ineligible. Yes. Yeah. So. That's another thing for them to consider. But yeah. uh, ah, it's not all rosy at Bournemouth. Um, talking about, well, we might as well talk about Liverpool for a bit. It'd be rude not to. Uh, the Route 1 opener, uh, Henderson's long ball to Oxide Chamber. Nothing wrong with it all. It's a fantastic ball and a fantastic touch for the goal. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's Route 1 and there's a nice 60-yard pass. Yeah. Um, it, was, uh, it was a great ball and we don't, always see it from Henderson as much as maybe we should because we know he's got it in him yeah, um, but uh, I was surprised to see Oxley Chamberlain starting as a as a forward I think he's generally been better in the midfield three but mm-hmm. he uh, he took his goal well yeah uh, and Mohamed Salah so he got a lot of credit for the back heel assist uh, for Navi Keita's goal um, I take the, I take the gloss off it a little bit if you watch the highlights he actually tried this about five times and he does it <laughs> Every game, anyway, he tries to tries to do like a little back heel every game. It just happened to come off in this one. I think I think he's had others that have come off as well, um, but it looks good, doesn't it? Uh, Liverpool now thirty three Premier League games unbeaten. I mean, it's pretty much a whole season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know. And uh, obviously, they can afford to lose a couple of games here and there, but they're getting into their stride now. He's ro- you know, Klopp's rotating the squad exactly the right time. As well, well is it? And we were saying that when they go to Brazil, that might be the thing that knocks them up. But um, it's going to get the point where they could go to Brazil and stay in Brazil for a month and still come back and be ahead of the <laughs> yeah. be ahead of the pack. So um, 
it's very hard to see them not winning the title from here. Because mm, I was surprised at how strong his squad for Brazil is. I don't see the point in him taking the likes of, is it Harvey Elliott? Um, I think he's taken four of the young lads. I think, well, they may as well stay here and play the um, the cup game the against cup Villa. Game Villa yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess, you know, it's potentially a once-in-a-career opportunity to go and play in this tournament. It's not like you win a Champions League all every season, is it? So, you know, I guess it's nice to take some people with you, but... Um, Seems a bit overkill to me, but never mind. Yeah, so but they, they they're taking the majority of their first team players, um, which I'm wondering if there's some kind of obligation to do that. Obviously, because the you know the club world cup's a bit of a money spinner. Yeah, well, I mean they don't have a league game, so there's no harm in the. I mean, he's already said he doesn't really care about the AFL Cup, and frankly, who does? Um, it's just all the travelling, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess, but it's not like they're going, you know, to play on like a a Rochdale away kind of pitch. They'll be playing in a massive stadium in good facilities. It's And yes, it's a pain in the arse having to travel across half the world to do it, but um, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, as long as they don't pick up any injuries over there, you know, I think that'd be, you know, not very good, I suppose. You, you, you've seen players uh, travel, I think, was it Man United a few seasons ago, to a mid-season friendly, where they picked up some injuries and stuff like that. Obviously, you don't see that <laughs> happening when, you know, Liverpool are... Uh, are on this run basically, and you know, halfway through, not even halfway through the season, they went and and looked dead certs. I don't think there's many bookies who would probably let you go in and put money on them to win the title now. It, it, it's looking <laughs> that clear cut. No, I mean Leicester, the nearest challengers, who we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. But if you ask me who is more likely to drop points out of the two of them, you're going to say Leicester probably nine times out of ten. Yeah, a weird old season. Uh, on to the last five, uh, three o'clock game from Saturday, and probably we've had a few candidates for these recently, but probably the most last on match of the day game of the season. Uh, Watford entertaining Palace at Vicarage Road. Uh, finished nil nil. I've got two two notes. Oh, sorry, three. Uh, Nigel Pearson somehow has got a new managerial job. Uh, doesn't officially take over till Monday, so obviously he won't have anything to do with this terrible result. Uh, so obviously he took over today, didn't he? Uh, no shots on target in the first half, which I believe has only happened once before this season. Well, uh, Arsenal probably weren't involved in that game. I feel like this fixture's finished nil nil a few times, and and it normally has an undercurrent of, of Zaha fighting with people, which again happened. Well, Gary Cahill um, did his best WWE impression this weekend, though. Didn't <coughs> did he? Is this all on Dini and injury time, uh, or was m- it multiple? Multiple, oh. like if there was, a, like he could have given away multiple penalties on, on another day. Uh, yeah, this was this was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but he's a assault on Troy Deeney, uh, which I'm not going to condone in any way because no one would like to see Troy Deeney get seriously hurt in any form of accident. Honest. Um, yeah, it was strange, strange. It was late in the game as well, so maybe the referee was bored to death. Um, I saw Sky. You know they've. Um, Mike Riley or what his name? No, Dermot Gallagher. Is it? Who oh, comes yes. in, comes in. It is. Yeah. Does the uh, the the ref watch? And he was just like um, he sat there with um, obviously Stephen Warnock. How the fuck he gets a job as an analyst? Uh, and that oh that lady used to play for the the Scouse female footballer Sue something? Smith. Sue Smith. That's the one. Uh, the one who is younger than she looks because she looks about seventy years old. Um, <laughs> But um, he they, were, they asked him and he turned around and went, oh no, it's not it's not a penalty for me. 
and 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 they both look shocked and then he's like well yeah look they're both pulling each other you know it's half a dozen you know six of six of one half a dozen of the other and they both turn around and say well that's still a foul then <laughs> just <laughs> just because just because dean is having a tug on him he can't hold him round the head and he's just like no we just look at that and think it's 50 50 and like you could see they were seething absolutely see Stephen warnock <laughs> is just like what <laughs> Yeah, absolute madness. But yeah, Kay, a few occasions where he seemed keen. He had a good game by the looks of it, you know. Uh, but he, he did seem determined to uh, not get his clean sheet bonus this weekend. I mean, he fits perfectly into Palace's system. We we put up Palace last week, where they just they have the most organised back four in the world. Where like they are literally just a back four. He has looked and, pretty good uh, since he's been there. He has. I mean, I say it, it suits him down the ground because they defend pretty much on their own goal line and he's just had to head everything away which he's very good at doing like it, it doesn't expose his limitations at all which unfortunately by the time he got a bit older with Chelsea he was starting to feel the pace a bit but uh, at Palace you can afford to be 5-10 yards deeper and not uh, not have to worry about it yeah. um, Nigel Pearson is he the man to keep Watford up? No is, Are Watford now the team that everyone wants to get relegated? Yes Yeah because everyone hates Nigel Pearson surely Everybody, apart from Leicester fans, still seem to really like him. But, uh, yeah. And at least if they go down to the Championship, there won't be any tours to Thailand um, for his son to get involved in anything. <laughs> it, was, it was his son, wasn't it? It was his son, yeah. And then, obviously, he got sacked. And then, you know, they won the league. Yeah. Um, I, th- you, I think... You know he's got the video on his phone. Probably. Um, I just don't understand why him. Like, why would you bring back Sanchez Flores for three months... I know, right? Things haven't been great, but at least they won a match, which is mm-hmm. more than you know. They had a couple of couple of away nil nils, that kind of thing. They were kind of building a base, and then they've come back and they've gone. You know what? We don't want this. We want Nigel Pearson. <laughs> Nigel Pearson, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get where it's come from. So they've been linked with a few managers from, like they approached some uh, manager. Oh, who's managing on the continent and stuff like that you know and obviously this is a, a, a conglomerate that own other clubs as well so they've obviously got experience with managers uh, from from you know from around Europe and stuff like that at one point did Nigel Pearson's name I forgot the man existed that's it like he was so far off the managerial merry-go-round like what was his last job in Belgium I think where he failed somewhere um you know it was rumored to be taking Sam that say no it was rumored to be taking the Sunderland job in League One um probably a couple of months ago whenever they sacked their manager so to go from that level of job to bottom of the Premier League it just doesn't seem like a good idea it, 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 it came out absolutely nowhere like I did, I did, I missed that he'd been appointed I saw that he'd been linked with a job but I'd seen that many because obviously Chris Hewton had been linked with a job uh, and obviously, and I can imagine people like your Chris Hewton's and stuff who'd, who'd like a bit of time to develop a play style probably have turned around and said no no not a chance. Uh, Paul Clement, we were talking about last week, and so I think even he'd have been better than Pearson. I mean, it's, you <laughs> know, it's, it's it's not great, is it? But um, no, I don't I don't get it. Um, now we probably make us all look like idiots and keep them up now, but it doesn't strike me as an appointment where I'm thinking, oh well, Craigie, that's Watford out of the shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just don't get like I can imagine like this these the owners like sat in their villa in Spain or in Italy or wherever they are sitting around going oh and then suddenly just someone turning around going Nigel Pearson and then going, uh, hey <laughs> <laughs> that's it like you say like the contact book is full of managers who've like managed I, 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 Italy I, I, and Spain and everywhere else and then somewhere like he's 
hanging on on like a, like a back page. He slid his, his business card in there one, and that it's just I don't get it. Yeah, I do not imagine he sees out. He do, I imagine he is not manager on the first day of the season next year. Not just because he's Nigel Pearson, or not just because it's Watford, but fucking it's the it's a weird just a it's like a, it's like one of those weird football manager appointments, basically. It is. Um, it's just it's I just come out of nowhere. Um, I can't imagine Watford or Watford fans are all that pleased about it, surely. Well, the, the, the thing is with Watford, they know he's only going to be around for a couple of weeks and then uh, Kike Sanchez-Flores or Javi Grazia comes back in. I mean, there's there's some great comments on the uh, the uh, the announcement on Twitter of Nigel Pearson getting the job. Okay, <laughs> oh, go on. Um, let me just pull it up here. Um Oh, he's also appointed Craig Shakespeare as oh, part yeah, of his. Oh, Craig Shakespeare uh, came in today. Yeah, I saw that. Part of his staff, you know. Thank God. Um, uh, I've got to scroll away through all this stupid match nonsense. Uh, oh, there we go. Right, we're pleased to confirm Nigel Pearson's been uh, been appointed. And there's like a mix of people saying, "Oh, you know, he laid the foundations at Leicester, and you know, all this kind of stuff." Um, but quite a lot of Watford fans seem quite happy with us. Wow. Expectations are low. There must very, be. Very low. Uh, so, on to expectations then. Uh, Manchester City, the champions. Uh, the one team everyone thinks is going to claw back the Premier League title, uh, well, the title race from Liverpool, uh, promptly hosted uh, out-of-form Manchester United, probably the best way to put it. Although, Man United fresh from beating their form manager, Jose Mourinho, in midweek. Uh, Ole went and did it again, promptly Making Manchester City look stupid is probably the best way to put it. Uh, they were second best throughout, and Man United came away with two-one winners. Yeah, fair play to Man United. They got this spot on in how to uh, how to set up against against Man City. Um, they just had their, their four quickest players at one end of the pitch, and just waited until the the player turned over, and Man City had absolutely no answer to it. Over and over again. Yeah, it, they. they well, I, I missed like the first. I think I turned over just as Rashford won the penalty, um, but United just constantly going going forward and 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 getting results. Yeah, and I mean Rashford's in the form of his life at the minute, um, and he you know won the pen, um, which was a stupid tackle for Bernardo Silva. I don't know why he did it. Um, Martial, I thought Edison should have saved the shot, but he didn't. Uh, and as it could have been three or four, to be honest, before half time, I think. Hit the, the hit the bar, I think. Um, yeah, and but, just, yeah Ma- uh, Rashford was shooting every time he got the ball. Yes. Um, by the way, have you seen uh, Bellerin's pulled out the square of the team with an injury? So Ainsley Maitland Niles is back in the in the team. Hang on, what would like what? Bellerin yeah, didn't start in lineup twenty minutes ago. Well, he got injured in the warm up. Oh, so what a surprise! Oh, great, yeah. great days. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't really think Solskjaer had it in him, but uh, fair play, he's uh, he's played this one perfectly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man City did not look at the races at all. Uh, they had a couple of penalty shouts, uh, mainly handballs from Lindelof and Fred. Personally, I didn't think either of them were anywhere near a penalty shout. What about yourself? Um, I thought the Fred one just before half time was the closest one to being a pen, um, but at the same time. He's got to put his heart. He's got to put a hand down, or else he's going to break his shoulder. Yeah, like, that's that's, <laughs> so it's not like he was doing it to get an advantage. He was doing it not to break a, break a limb, which I think is probably un, probably fair. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I think it would have been very harsh to give a penalty. I think it was a, it was a natural position for his arm to be, wasn't it? Now we'll probably come on to this later, but did you watch Brighton Wolves yesterday? Uh, I saw bits of it, and I've seen. The- um, on my so own, he's, another, he's made five changes tonight. Lewis Dunk was lying on the floor, and he decided to try and head the ball while he was lying on the floor in an attempt to stop a goal. Okay. Um, and it ended up hitting his arm, which when he was on the floor, and they didn't give a pen for it. But this because they said he couldn't get out of the way. But my argument there would be that it's not a natural position to be lying on the floor, heading the ball in the first oh, place. I, I have seen this one, didn't it? It looked as it. I think from the angles I saw, it looked like it had hit his, hit his head. He kind of lies on the ball, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's more of a penalty than this one was. Um, to give it like a, a comparison, but uh, no, I, I, would, I just think it would have been very harsh against against Fred to give a pen for that. Uh, Man United, so they've beaten Tottenham and Man City in the last, what, four or five days. Um, how long before the wheels come off again? Uh, well, they've actually got a nice run of games as well, which is, um, it's kind of been their Achilles heel that they haven't been able to to put these teams to the sword. Um, they're quite capable of raising the game and playing on the counter against, against good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're expected to make all the running, um, they've been less effective, shall we say. Um, and I think they've got, you know, big dunks uh, Everton next week. Yep, so that'll be an interesting clash to see uh, how far, how far uh, Everton have come under Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst, you know, Man United should have the tails up now. But that's the thing. I think it'll be interesting to see how, like I say, an Everton team, that the way they've performed um, against Chelsea, if they come at Man United, it'll be interesting to see how Man United handle it because this City team had noth- seemingly nothing in them. Which was really unusual. They, they had the odd couple of chances, but usually you see City, you know, 70% possession, carving teams open, left, right and centre. It just feels like teams have worked out how to play against Man City. I don't know if you get this impression as well, but... Maybe. They've already dropped as many points this season as they did the whole of last season, I believe. Yeah, I can believe that. Um, they just seem easy to defend against. Um, and obviously part of that will be down to... The likes of Aguero being missing, but um, you look at like what Wambasaka did against Sterling, where he just stuck to him like glue for the whole yeah. thing. Wambasaka, I say, I've seen Man United fans criticising his defensive work uh, in recent weeks. He he was solid in this game. I think there are a few occasions. Like I think there's the one where he, he chased the uh, chased De Bruyne in from like um, from out out wide and followed him all the way into the middle, and then had, got had to take two bites to get the ball away. But he, he he was definitely determined to keep the ball, you know, away from his goal, which was a, a good thing to see for an, a, a player who's known as an attacking right back, I suppose. Yeah, well, as I said, a policy was uh, very very good defensively and didn't really kind of be that much an attack, which I guess he'd be expected to do more of at uh, at Man United. But mm-hmm. um, he kind of knocked his, his defensive uh, capabilities. Um, I think it was was it Zaha saying he hated playing against him in training because he just couldn't beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't uh, shown that at United though, has he? Since he's been there, he's been more no, like this... a Bellerin type of player. Exactly. No. At Palace, he's got Zaha in front of him, so he's yes. curtailed straight away there, isn't he? Yeah, but this was his best performance from United that, that I've seen anywhere. Um, the Bernardo Silva, I call it a challenge on Marcus Rashford. Uh, a lot of Man City fans. <laughs> Adamant it wasn't a penalty. Uh, I think it's probably the most clear-cut penalty decision I've seen this season. Uh, oh, definitely. I don't know how you could argue it wasn't a penalty. Yeah. Referee only... didn't give it, though, did he? That was the only surprise yeah. that he didn't give it in the first place. But, 
I say I don't know why I did it because there was there was you know plenty of defenders there really. And Bernardo he, Silva. He didn't look comes, like he was going anywhere. There were like four of them around him. And Bernardo Silva comes pummeling him from from an angle where he was never ever going to win the ball. Um, so stupid, very stupid. But mm. kind of sums up where Man City are at the minute. They're not thinking as clearly as they as they did last season or or any time under Pep really. Uh, Otamendi came off the bench and scored a late consolation. Uh, obviously, he had to come off the bench because there seems to be a new uh, Manchester City rule where you can't play two centre-backs in the same game. Um, the <laughs> only other thing I've got written down here is, did you see the uh, the Manchester City fan who made it all over social media and has yes. been arrested? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I speak for us all when I just say what a fucking stupid man he is. And uh, let's hope he gets what's coming to him. Yeah, sadly, not the only occasion that this weekend. There seems to be several. Uh, I think the the Wolves Brighton game, even the, uh, even Burnley, um, have had trouble from their game as well. It's uh, and I think a 13-year-old boy was arrested at the uh, Tottenham game. Yes, That's I mean the, Tottenham Burnley, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean the only don't want to say positive, but the only way you can spin this in a good way is that these things have been reported now. Whereas I've no doubt this has been happening for a long time and they haven't been reported. So you know, if people are actually starting to take action against these idiots, then uh, hopefully they uh, become a thing of the past. Yeah, so I missed it in the game. I I saw it when Dave Kitson. Oh, sorry, no, the secret footballer um, <laughs> uh, tweeted about it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I don't understand it at all. And it's not like he could claim that he did wasn't going to be seen on camera. No, he was I mean, right he's... in front of the player, like, and he was like quite a standoutish bloke at the front row, wearing like thing. a wearing a fluorescent red jacket, <laughs> stood in the front row, you know, on a yeah. televised game in front of the corner flag where the corners will be taken. And yeah. I mean, yeah, and you know, it's, and it's the game that Sky have been, um, you know, promoting for the last month. But, yes. You know, was, you, you can't argue that he didn't know it was going to happen. No, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, I, I hope he gets. I think Man City have already uh, said that they're banning for life uh, and stuff like that. And to be honest, I hope there are more serious consequences for him because it's absolutely disgusting that sort of behaviour yep. in this day and age. Uh, on to the Sunday games, and, and there were four of them because it wasn't well, it wasn't a European week because that's next week. Uh, but because of Amazon and their weird. Um, spreading out of the fixtures four games on Sunday uh, the first one we'll start with then let's go to Villa Park where champions elect Leicester uh, were in town uh, recorded their record eighth Premier League win in a row um, I find this outstanding that this wasn't something that they did during that when they won the league because they seemed to go on a great run then as well didn't they um, yeah exactly I, I was I mean obviously winning eight games in a row is very impressive but uh, I was kind of surprised they didn't do it during that season where I felt like they didn't lose from Christmas onwards. <laughs> but, um, obviously, they must have done at some point. Um, they're very, very good at picking off teams yeah. um, who dare to attack against them. Basically, you leave any kind of space in behind and uh, even even I natural scores. So yeah. that's... That's what we're dealing with here. Yeah, so Villa seemed to give them quite a lot of help in the fact that uh, Tyrone Mings decided he just wanted to play with one leg for about 10 minutes. Um, it, was just, it was just such a stupid thing to do. Like It's hard enough playing with one leg against any normal striker. With someone like Vardy, like he's razor sharp. Like mm-hmm. I noticed like a few, three or four times, whenever Madison or Iannaccio gets the ball and gets on the turn, Vardy's already on the move. Like yeah. before, before the defense even had time to, to think about what's happening next. And that's it. Um, he's always on your on your shoulder as well. He's, he plays very much off the last man, and if you can't run after him, <laughs> yes. I mean, it was always going to end in tears. And it's really, really stupid from Villa for leaving Mings on in that situation because he's he's holding his hamstring. Yeah. Um, 
you know, a minute or so before that happened. It's not going to be cramp. <laughs> you've yeah. been playing for 20 minutes. Like, yeah. you've probably pulled your hamstring. Yeah, the fact that he didn't ask to come off as well, I find strange. You know, I know some people say, oh, you know, it's a good attitude to have and stuff like that. But I'm sorry, you're a centre-back playing against the the most attacking team in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah. It's absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, Ian Acho scored his fourth start this season, his fourth goal. Um, it was his first Premier League start in a year as well, but, you know... It, seems to be working you know they, they changed their system slightly as well and it to accommodate him and that's it, it. They still he, look good. he didn't look out of place at all in, in this uh in this formation or, or team um obviously laid on vardy's goal the, the first goal that is and then uh scored scored his goal straight after pretty much mm-hmm. um leicester switched up to a bit of a kind of a diamond formation really um and it works like yeah. i know rogers has got his critics but uh He's getting he's getting everything right at the minute. That's yeah. all you can really say about it. It's uh, it's impressive, and you know they're keeping the title race alive. Because let's face it, if Liverpool were 14 points ahead at this stage, I think we'd already uh, we'd already know who the next champions are. Okay. Uh, they are. Uh, Rogers signed a new contract this week, as well, to seemingly end speculation um, in regard to him going anywhere else. You can guarantee he's got a clause in it, though. Possibly, but you know, sometimes I'm not saying it's going to happen because I, I don't see why you would. But you, you see players sign new contracts and then still move, it just means the club can demand more compensation for him, perhaps. Or oh, but, yeah, know, that... I, I imagine if he turns around and goes, See you, lads, I'm off. There's very little they, that Leicester will do about it. Uh, well, yes, I, I, I say I think he's probably got himself covered that if a job he perceives bigger comes up, he can uh, he can go for whatever the. Presumably, a fairly massive fee will be paid, but I don't think clubs be bargaining twice at paying for his services at the minute because he's doing very well. I don't think he'll be going anywhere, anywhere until at least the end of the season. And oh, no. I, I think that instantly rules him out of the Arsenal job uh, because I think it's been become clear that Arsenal aren't waiting until the end of the season now, apparently. Because uh, um, the fans uh, are already demanding that Freddie Lundberg leave the Emirates as quick as he came in. That didn't last long. <laughs> um, <laughs> on, uh, on Villa, though... Um, are you kind of surprised they're only at the bottom three on, on goal difference? I kind of assumed they were doing better than they are. No, they've had a bit of a bad run, haven't they, recently? They they they, they, they score goals, but they, they also... I think they've conceded like more than one goal in, in most of their games this season uh, and stuff like that. So they're a bit of a struggle. Uh, it could have been worse for them. Uh, Matt Target probably should have been red-carded. Have you seen this tackle? Uh, no, I haven't. I've only the... seen... He went in, I think it was on uh, El Mohamedi, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Absolutely like, shocking. Well, on, El Mohamedi's his teammate. Like, was this some sort of... Oh, no, sorry, no, yeah. Uh, who was it on then? I don't know who it was on. But, yeah, it was absolutely shocking, and he got away with it. How VAR... He, ca- he, ca- he caught the player, like, clean on the shin with all of his studs and stuff like that. He was reckless, out of control the lot, and considering we'll come on to another game shortly where a red card was overturned, uh, (laughs) the fact that this wasn't even given uh, was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Vardy Vardy scored eight for his eighth game in a row as well, uh, well on his way to his record of 11, uh, which was in that title winning season. He scored 16 in 16 league games this season, though. It's not bad, like, is it? (laughs) I think it's 27 in the calendar year as well, obviously since Rodgers came in. Yeah, his record under Rodgers is pretty much a goal a game, I think, if not better. Absolutely, 
absolutely phenomenal. Uh, talk of him coming back into the England fold, which I think we've mentioned a few times. Uh, I hope he doesn't. I mean, he's 33 next month. Uh, yeah, I don't get what he would get out of it. You know, because well, he's, not, he's not dislodging. Unless Kane gets, if Kane, Harry Kane gets injured, then okay, maybe I understand him coming out and saying, "All right, look, we're going to play you as our, our star man." But you know, we'd have to change the entire way England play, mm-hmm. which is using Kane as like a kind of a pivot for Sterling, Sancho, yeah. whoever else to get around him. You'd also have yeah. to drag uh, James Madison out of the casino. <laughs> yeah, they're a pair like under, but uh, they, they've got such a good understanding. Um, I enjoy watching Leicester play, um, which I guess didn't necessarily think would happen. I thought Rodgers could be quite pragmatic at times, but he's actually got them playing really good football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Jack Grealish pulled one back uh, for uh, Villa. Uh, Johnny Evans, the other scorer. Um, do you think Villa will stay up? We've had this conversation more. Well, I guess I guess they, they look better than they they are. I, they exactly like the, they've got good players. Like obviously Grealish, we spoke about at length. He's a very good player. Um, Mings cost them thirty million pounds and has played for England. Tom Heaton's got England caps. Um, the, the the wide the wide forward, what do you call him, El Ghazi and, and Trezeguet, yeah, seem to seem to take it in turns to play, and they they both seem pretty decent. Like I, I don't think they're they're a bottom three club, but. They're only out there on goal difference. Yeah, it's weird. So um, they've got that marvellous Macamba as well, haven't they? He's looked pretty decent. Well, the... even... Is it Douglas Louise from Man, Man City? Yeah. Um, he, cost, played, yeah. he cost quite a bit, but looks decent as well. Like mm-hmm. They don't... I don't feel like they've got uh, the points maybe some of their performances deserve. They just don't seem to score goals, do they? Obviously, they, they brought in Wesley, who has been... I won't even say hot and cold. I'd, t- I'd probably say lukewarm and cold. Yeah, I don't get him. Sometimes he looks decent, and other times he looks like they've picked him out of uh, in like a Sunday league game. Like it, it's very odd. But I mean, that's not that uncommon for a striker who's new to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess that was probably the one area to try and address because I don't even think who. I mean, who's their backup striker? Is it still Khadija or uh, Khadija? I think he's still there. Uh, they had Hogan, didn't they? But I think he's at Stoke. Yeah. No. So maybe that's something I'll have to look to address in, in January. But yeah, uh thirty million quid at somewhere. Well that's it it doesn't seem to be too much of an issue for them. Um But I mean I guess it will be if they go down again. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm not sure if they'll go down they say you've got like, the likes of Watford and, and Norwich as well, haven't you, uh, doing their best to self destruct. Well that's it, I mean the current bottom three, I think, are in trouble. We got kinda of goes without saying this time of the season, but mm-hmm. uh drag Bournemouth into it. Yeah. And, and I guess Villa would be your five, but yeah. I've seen I've seen Sky claiming that Arsenal could be in a relegation battle if, uh, if they lose a couple of games over Christmas. Don't be stupid. I mean, <laughs> it's mad. It's 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 mad to even consider, isn't it? Really. I mean, you could lose five games in a row and you still wouldn't get relegated. Well, we've we've been doing our best at that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, we, yes. Maybe we will put that to the test. Uh, talking of relegation candidates, then Norwich entertain Sheffield United, and I'm just going to say it now: fuck Chris Wilder. Fuck Chris Good. Wilder. I'm glad you said him. it. Right. Uh, I, I know, I know we, we're not here to cover the midweek games, right? But what is his fucking problem? He's just captain no fun, like. <laughs> It was bad enough him complaining on, on Wednesday because his players are too stupid to play at the that's whistle. What, that's what I mean. How is it anybody else's fault that his players stopped playing eh? when the referee like, had blew his whistle? Like our coaches, who pretty much were found on the park bench, were standing there on the sideline screaming at Shelby to score yeah. because 
you know, because they realised that you played the whistle. If his idiot staff can't do the same from his side, or his goalkeeper stands there with his finger up his arse, going, oh, what the hell's going on here? Oh, they've scored. Oh, well, it's disallowed. And that's no one's fault but him and his yeah. staff. So, you know, uh, we praise Chris Wilder because he, he set this team up in, in a... in a done a very good, a, jo- very good a, job. In a unique way, which we kind of enjoy watching, and it's, you know, it's different, and it's it, they've been good for the Premier League, I'd say. But even Baldock scored yesterday, and he's in the dugout celebrating with, I don't know, someone and Chris Wilder's got hold of him throwing him back on the pitch to go back on the game it's yeah. like fuck off like just have some joy in your life yeah I'm sick don't get me wrong I, 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 I whinge as much as anybody but after seeing him fucking whinging over this John Joe Shelby goal all week all week it drove me what, like mad this is I hate. This is why I hate Sheffield United this is what they were like when Bruce was in charge uh, in that FA Cup game when fucking Overmars scored that goal, and they just had a fucking tantrum about that. It's, like, it's not. It's just very, a very similar system. I ex- I expected him to walk his team off. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, they went one 0 down, came back to win two one uh, against Norwich. Bastards uh, scored two goals in three minutes. Yeah, uh, both the wing backs getting the goals as well, yeah, which uh, I guess is what, probably Ender Stevens and and Baldock. And Baldock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sheffield United were pretty unlucky to get a third as well. I mean, John, John Lundstrom seems to be at the centre of all of their VAR decisions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a big lad though, isn't he? Well, he's, he's hard to miss. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he was, I guess, offside by half a half a toe or something. But offside's offside. Um, do you see Norwich getting out of this now? Or are they? I don't know because I I remember we said at the beginning of the season they played Liverpool. And they had that attacking performance, and they they got they got beaten by Liverpool. That maybe we thought they'd do a little well if they bought that attacking intensity. Um, but they just seem to have this one way of playing that isn't working, mm. and they're not making any changes whatsoever. It's practically the same lineup. I know they've had injury problems and whatever, uh, but they had injury problems to the point where they had f- like four goalkeepers in their squad at one point and beat Man- <laughs> and then beat Man City. Uh, and then they've gone com- completely the other way now. You know, they they seem to be getting their players back into the squad, coming back from injury, but but looking no better. And 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 Daniel Farker, you know, he sat down on the bench with his melting face <laughs> and just doesn't doesn't seem to want to change anything. Yeah, I mean, there must come a time where them doing this this way of playing goes from commendable to you know stupid, really, because. Uh, they need to give themselves a fair chance of staying up, and at the minute they're not really doing it. Yeah, you know, I say all the other teams are, like are around them have attempted to make tweaks to the way they play and uh, and stuff like that, but they have literally Norwich have literally just played the same way, and you know I, I don't know if Sheffield United played this same way of football in the Championship because they're known to be quite an attacking team, and I haven't really seen them as an out and out attacking team in the games I've seen them in. You know they've they've done all right and they've caused problems and stuff, but they haven't been like a a team that goes forward in waves, kind of like Norwich try to do. But Norwich they're so easily countered. Well, they are, yeah. And uh, as you say, they don't seem to be learning anything from from any match they play. So yeah, um, Steve Basham, red card was overturned. What's your thoughts? I thought it should have stood personally. I mean. It- he was he lunged, but he, he guess he, I guess he didn't make contact, which is why he's got away with it. But 
He's reckless, though, isn't he? He's he is. Reckless, and... I was I was surprised it was overturned. Like, I think it's, had the, a... it's the first red card to be overturned. It apparently. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure yeah, it wasn't well... the one in the Man United game early this season. There was one in the Man United Wolves Cup game last season. Ah, that might be it then, because I said it was the first Premier League one that had been overturned. And I remember there being one where a Man United player got sent off and came back on again. Uh, I remember ah. Lindelof, Lindelof got sent off, I think, but they, turned, they overturned it. Ah, that'll be the one then. But yeah, you see them. You see those red cards given last season. That That's a red card all day long. Well, as I said, I'm surprised that's the one they've chosen to, uh, to overturn a ref's decision, because as you say, they don't seem overly keen on doing that. Yeah. Um... But uh, apparently that's what it takes. Yeah, is it just... is it Chris Basham or Steve Basham? Uh, Steve Basham. I've just got Basham written down. Did, there. Didn't Steve Basham play for like Southampton in the nineties? I'm going to Google this. Carry on. Could, could be the could be the same player. I, I mean, it could be. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I was just curious. Steve Basham. I don't know. Multiple matters. Uh, what else can I say? Oh, David McGoldrick, still shit. He is still shit, isn't he? <laughs> like, he, he, like, as soon as I, I, I didn't know how this, this finished um, when I was watching the highlights, and I saw him going through, and I just thought he's going to do what he did last week, isn't he? And he did exactly that <laughs> last week. And I was like, um, so obviously, uh, I'm guessing you watched the game against um, Sheffield United against Newcastle. Yes, I right. did. Yeah. Did you find it insulting that he changed his strikers and played like Billy Sharp on that lot? Oh, so I mean, as, as soon as I saw Billy Sharp's name on the team sheet, I was jumping for joy. Like, I mean, he's had a good career, but he's not a Premier League striker. I was uh, delighted with that. I, I, I thought it was strange that he obviously rotated. You know, okay, you've got to rotate, but he just chose to rotate his strikers uh, in midweek. But yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, well, come on to the mighty, the, the mighty Magpies then, shall we? Um, mm. So, I thought they'd won this game. So, when I was doing my notes, I thought I put down, oh, Newcastle's winning run continues. Uh, and then it was 1-1 going into, like, the last couple of minutes. And I thought, oh, maybe I heard wrong and they didn't win. But then they did. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. 2-1 uh, winners at Southampton. Um, John Joe Shelby, your top scorer. Three goals in three games now. Aye, five for the season. Having the time of his life. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a really good header, actually. Um, yeah, really good. Someone and, who, and you don't Carroll. really... <laughs> Well, Ka- Carol's cross Shelby's head, it's just insane. No? It's, but... it's not backwards, isn't it? You expect to see it the other way around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, by all accounts, we played absolutely terribly for an hour. Went 1-0 oh. down. Bought an Andy Carroll and we just went more route 1. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, turned it round. But I don't. it's very strange because Steve Bruce, has, um, he's got a, a tune out of these lads to the extent that you know, they've kind of got a never see a die attitude. They're not playing particularly good football. Um, Neither are Liverpool, Dave, and they're top of the league, man. Well, well, no, exactly. This is the thing that you can never get get vexed with three points, no matter how it happens. Like that's all we're here for is the points. Um, but I don't know how we're doing it. I don't know how long we can sustain it for because uh, Southampton should have been home and dry well before we even brought Andy Carroll on, to be honest. Yeah, Danny Ings uh, scored for his fifth game in a row. Yeah, um, that's just. You know, one long ball over the top, and and that was him in. Um, but I mean, they they had so many chances. Um, you know, maybe not dead clear cut chances, but certainly chances where they worked the goalie, um, who again was brilliant, like he was on Thursday against Sheffield United, where which was another game where we we were battered more or less for for 70 minutes, and luckily scored at the at the beginning, and then took the stay out of the game with the old VAR goal, but. Um, it's it's very hard to explain. Like we're not playing well. Um, 
we don't create that many chances, but we just keep finding a way. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I, I have no idea what the plan is. Like, as well, St. Maxon went off with what looks like a hamstring at the end, so he'll probably miss most of the festive fixtures. And he's been... Didn't he also one. get off injured in midweek, though, with the same thing? That was an ankle injury in midweek. Ah, okay. Uh, I, I, remember, I remember seeing that he, he, he'd gone off injured in midweek and then started... And and then yeah, went off injured again. No, I mean he's a bit bionic sometimes, but uh, I think this one will be a few weeks at least, um, which I say is a big shame because he's someone I, we all enjoy watching. Um, he kind of has that that X factor which I think every team needs. Um, so yeah, he'll be a miss, but I say hopefully it's not as bad as he thinks it is. Mm. Um, What's your thought on uh, Willems? <laughs> I said this at the start of the season. Um, after a couple of games of watching him, he's a bit of a maverick in that he is, um, one minute he is giving the ball away needlessly, which he did on, on Sunday and nearly gave away a goal with a blind like cross-field pass. Um, but then he's doing like this unbelievable bit of skill that sets up a chance or, or even a goal. And he's, he's kind of like, he, very, he epitomises Newcastle in many ways in that he... He does a lot of very good things, but then he just throws in this ridiculous moment from nowhere. Um, I don't know if you saw the Carlin Cup, whatever it's called now, very early on in the season where he had a chance down the down the left side of the box and he did the worst dive I've ever seen. Oh, um, no, no, I haven't seen that. But it, but it, but it, you know, felt, it felt a mood and went in. And that's kind of where he is. Like, he's just... He is a bit of a maverick, like... I think ten million from if we only got him on loan, but we can, we can, we've got an option to buy him for ten million. I, I think it's a snip in today's market for an international left wing back. Fundamentally, he's one of these Frankfurt players, is he? Uh, he is in Germany. Oh, I can't remember where it is. I want to say Hamburg. But I might be wrong. Oh, um, I know there's a lot of that that Eintracht Frankfurt team from last season. There's a lot of them that seem to have scattered into like strange clubs in the Premier League, and I thought he was one of them. But for me, like when I watch him, he's Hang on, have you got the Arsenal game on? I have got the Arsenal game on. Can you see this... Uh, For a second this I thought Pem, a second was about to come on. Do you see the stretcher mobile that they just pulled out? Oh no. So at the moment on my stream I can see Martinelli lying on the floor. He's definitely oh. got his shoulder in. Oh, that is on the floor, is it? Right, they're calling... They're calling wait, wait for us. Oh, here we go. What have West Ham got? <laughs> just incredible. Hang on, now, now they're just showing the, ch- the, the chance. Okay. Oh... Sorry for people listening. I've got to say this though. Uh, but yeah, Williams just looks like proper, like so unpredictable. There's no stretch in my bail. There's some guys walking on with bags. Oh, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, Williams. Look, oh, hang on a minute. I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, wow. Yeah, I'd get up and walk off the pitch. I, I wouldn't be getting on that. Um, but Williams, he looks so unpredictable that I'm not even sure he knows what he's doing at the time. No, that's exactly it. It's kind of like the type of player you expect from like a forward or a winger. But uh, and he looks quite, like a big boy, doesn't he? He looks a bit like John Regis. It's quite worrying that he's only 25. Like he, he looks like he's had a very hard paper round. Um, but no, he's he is good, and he has meant that we haven't really missed Matt Ritchie, who's uh, been injured for a long time now. Um, so yeah, in that regard, he's uh, he's been worth well, he's been worth it, but. Uh, I would probably make a, a, a sign-in permanent if we can. Oh, it's Tierney for some reason. I thought it was Martinelli who was down. It's Tierney. That's another six months off for him. Uh, Fernandez uh, won it late for you. Um, Ryan Bertrand, though, missed a, a, an open goal, basically, at the end. Ah, I was offside. Um, oh, OK. <laughs> it, it was, it's, it's what I was flicked on from the corner. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, he was offside. I didn't show the flag, but he was offside. Okay, but you say uh, so that wouldn't count. Uh, Almiron uh, kept up his run of doing nothing, uh, although he did take a kick in the face. Well, someone's got to do it. <laughs> do you uh, do you think players like Almiron they look good in the MLS and stuff like that because nobody tackles <laughs> and stuff like that? And then the minute they come to somewhere like the Premier League, it's a big adjustment. Obviously, the Premier League is a big adjustment for most players anyway, but he's very slight, isn't he? He is slight, but I say, like, he gets us up the field, and it's not like he's losing the ball every time he gets it. It's like he's, it normally ends with him taking a shot that goes wide, which, you know, still isn't great, but um, I think I used this example the other week, but Gabriel Obertan was a shit player because he was ne- he went missing for 70 minutes and got subbed. Like, you never knew he was on the field. At least Almiron's always involved. Um, at least he... He does so much good work for the team as well. Like he tracks back, which again a lot of, uh, shall we say, imported players don't do. Um, you know they think they're they're above it. But um, I cannot knock his, his work rate. Yeah. Um, it's a shame for him that his goals haven't haven't come. But... That's what I mean. Is he the sort of player though? So at the moment you're doing quite well. You know you 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 know you're winning games, you're on a decent run and whatever. Is he the sort of player that the minute things start going wrong, the fans will turn on him though? Um, well, I mean he's been there for ten months now. Um, I guess the other thing in his favour is that there's no one really banging down the door to replace him. Christian mm. um, Atsu will probably be the, the logical replacement, but he's Christian Atsu. Like he's he's seven out of ten. Yeah. You kind of know what you're going to get. Whereas at least with Almiron, there is a, a kind of a, an unknown factor in there of what he can produce. He, do, he does strike now as as someone that once he gets going could be quite handy. Oh yeah, I say I, I, I'm quite relaxed about it because. None of our forwards are scoring goals. It's not like it's just him. Um, we're not a brilliant team. We're not a free-flowing team. Um, most of our goals come from defenders. Obviously, Fernandez is the latest. Um, it's just it's just how it's working out. Like it's, I guess, obviously, Steve Bruce scored a lot of goals as a defender when he was playing, but um, we're just scoring goals from scrappy situations. It doesn't really favour the forward players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last game then, uh, Brighton against Wolves. Uh, Brighton went into this uh, on a, kind of a decent run. Wolves unbeaten in about 11 weeks, I think it is. It's their longest top flight unbeaten run in 60 years. Um, well. Which shows how well they're doing at the moment. Uh, they went 1-0 down from Diego Yota, who hadn't scored in quite a while. Uh, but then Brighton scored two goals in two minutes. Yes, they I did. It was to, to, to bring it back, that's not the Brighton that you expect to hear. Obviously, they've been more attacking this season, but two goals in two minutes is stretching it a bit. Uh, <laughs> Glenn Murray appeared from nowhere again, and and Davy Proper scored. I know, but then he made up for it by giving the ball away for the for the <laughs> equaliser. But yeah, for a moment, James was right. Uh, we well, all loved Davy Proper, but this, then this, he... is, this is Davy Proper who like had no no shots, no assists, uh, no key passes for like a whole season. It was uh, a really good header as well. Like, apparently, was... he, scored, he scored before because I, I wrote down that it was his first goal or his first contribution uh, <laughs> to a Brighton game. Uh, but apparently, it's his second. Well, I don't remember his first. So it doesn't count. I, I, I wasn't even sure he was still there <laughs> fair, until until he, he, he scored. Um, but yeah, um, Wolves maintained their unbeaten run. Brighton still going well. So obviously Brighton beat Arsenal in midweek, but that's no real uh, claim to fame. Uh, everyone's having a go at that at the moment. Uh, but they, you know, they did well against Liverpool last weekend, uh, and you know they they took a point. You know, okay, Brighton were at home, where traditionally they they have been poorer. Um, but yeah, against the Wolves team, who are 
drawing a lot of games though in this unbeaten run. It's fair to say. Uh, yeah, that's that's nine for the season now. Um, like for example, we've won more games than Wolves, but uh, they're just very hard to beat. Mm-hmm. They've only lost twice, which is second only to to Liverpool. So fair fair play at them. Yeah, um, considering their involvement in Europa League. Yeah, which is you know is done for a lot of teams down the years, especially ones who aren't you know used to playing on the Thursday Sunday. Um, Wolves have made it look easy at times. Um, and they scored a lot of late goals as well, which again you don't really associate with teams yeah. who haven't played Thursday night. But um, they, they look very comfortable doing it. Um, I think that, I think right in saying they've already made it through the group, or certainly very close to it. Uh, yeah, now they've qualified. They qualified uh, in the last game. Yeah, so you know, fair play for that. Um, I can only praise them really. Uh, Nuno's done a good job there. Obviously, he was linked with the Arsenal job. Is that, is that gone cold now? Or? Uh, it seems to have been, uh, the last I heard was Marcelino. <laughs> oh, yes. That was going around social media yesterday. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 I'd take anybody at the moment. But we'll see. So, do you think there's any chance of Youngberg getting now, or is, that, is no, he no, kind of no, blown his audition now? I don't think he'd won it. Yeah. It's, you can't say he's blown his audition. He's had one game. Uh, one game of 33 minutes. Uh but yeah, the fans, the fans were like. Yeah. I thought he was in charge of the Norwich game. Oh as well. no, yeah, he was in charge of the Norwich game. So, okay, so he's had two games and a bit. Well, um, you know, and I, I was going to turn around and say, obviously, you know, new managers don't always come in and, and get results. But Duncan Ferguson pissed all our players, <laughs> didn't he? Uh, at the moment, it just seemed that all our players just want to go down injured because that's all I've seen in this game so far. Yeah, well, Pepe is down. Antonio's down. Who's that? Um, Tierney's already gone off. Like, it's a bit like. It's a bit like Robot was. Oh, no, he's just he's just shaved his boot. Uh, he's fine. I, I was going to say, like that tackle on Pepe there is a bit, uh, bit tasty. And you know he hasn't played for a few weeks. Um, but yeah, so that's all the games covered. Uh, we, I'm not going to sit here and wait for the Arsenal game to finish and talk about West Ham's glorious win against us. Uh, when um, I, I saw on I saw on Twitter someone said that they put a bet on Andy Carroll to score the winner against Arsenal tonight, regardless of the fact he no longer plays for West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad we are. Uh, anything else you'd like to cover while we're here, sir? Uh, no, the game's coming thick and fast, I'm in Dunder. Um, mm-hmm. I said there's Euro- Champions League and Europa League midweek, uh, and then a full Premier League. I think, is, I think there's a Monday night game next week as well, though, I think. I think it's Palace and Brighton, so... Oh, well, we'll you be, know. we can record while that one's going on, then. Uh, I'm sure the excitement won't be too much for us. Uh, oh, isn't that, that's a derby, though, isn't it? Well, it's it's a rivalry. Because they're both, it's, it's, both on the same train line. Is that what it is? I know Apparently that. so, yeah. What do they call it? The, the M62 derby or something? I, I, well, the M62 is in Manchester, so I'm guessing it's Pro- not that. Probably, probably not that, then. <laughs> it's all safe for you though sir um, but yeah no I'm not sure um, yeah so we'll see uh, maybe Arsenal have a new manager by next weekend so we'll have something interesting to talk about there uh, but we'll probably will have lost to West Ham in that point um, yeah so uh, please pimp all your social stuff please uh, so on Twitter we are at CM9798 um, you can take part in the daily advent calendar uh, and then the website is cm9798.co.uk Excellent. You can find us at Man on the Post on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those lovely things. Uh, and that's about it then. Uh, thank you for joining me, Dave, as always. Thank you very much. And that is it. Always remember, keep your man on the post.